Right, we're back with episode 51 of the Midnight Pod. The first ever, technically the first ever, co-hosted episode with a guest. We have Adam Power. That is your name, isn't it? Second name. <laughs> yes, it is. Because in traditional heavy. fashion, I never research my, research my guests. It's a small world. You know Lucas, you're on his pod. Lucas has been on the pod like twice. Yeah. Came on the first terrible season 2.1 episode with myself and Ollie. Um, but yeah, if we're fucking trying a new little format and we're back on the red wine as well. What is this? Um, a Rioja, Campo something Rioja. Sainsbury special. Only one bottle between the three of us, so we'll see how this goes. But um, I guess the first question, and this is going to be the thing I say in every ep- every fucking episode. Who are you? What do you do? We'll dive into everything. We already started chatting about some pretty interesting things off camera just before we started recording, which we can dive into. So I don't think anyone that we've had on has been in that space like buying brands and shit but you do a lot of things and you're Irish Actually. so <laughs> it's a good combo well you're half Irish as well yeah so. yeah I'm biased yeah um, so yeah my name is Adam Power and I am just bring that a bit closer I am Irish as we said um, but basically just turned 26 and I started off with my agency and eventually went into buying brands like we've been discussing here so I'm sure we'll get into that and also um, recently launched an education company as well so basically teaching people how to become freelancers basically inside the Google ads Facebook ads email marketing whatever world they're they're, they're kind of attracted to so that's going to where we're at so and going back did, did you go to uni and, like standard upbringing so yeah standard upbringing um obviously you know known as a perfect child so not almost perfect but never got to uni um failed so in ireland we don't have uni we have like secondary school and you go to like um you'd go straight to college from there to, for your degree so i failed my secondary school which is high school i suppose mm. um i failed that and i kind of had like this you know when you're like 16 to 20 you're just bouncing around different places trying to figure out life I kind of had that I had that period where I was just nothing was going right for for that period of my life so um, had every job you can think of so um, everything instead of uni basically never went to uni and that first foot in the door of like e-com and agency when did that come and so like because I can't even remember how the fuck I got into e-com it's like but everyone's yeah. got like some place they end up falling into some sort of entrepreneurship. So the e-com kind of fell onto my lap with COVID. Previous to that, I kind of got into the agency world. But in the agency world, I never kind of gravitated toward e-com, towards e-com at all. I was more lead generation, um, like just working for all local businesses. Do you know what I mean? So because I failed every single job that I've had, say from that 16 to 20 period of my life, my goal was to just, if I can create my own job. So I didn't care what I had to do. It was just creating my own job. And that came with an agency from the OG himself, Ty Lopez. That's oh, how really? I got started. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Some so sweet, sweet Working for his agency? No, no, no. His, he, I basically got fired from one of my jobs Christmas week, say 2016 or 2017. And I came home and I was like, just jumped on the computer I was like what the fuck am I going to do came across Ty Lopez he was like click for my webinar ended up giving him a thousand euro for a SMMA course the same day and uh, yeah that's did that, that Lambo that Lambo the hair of my garage yeah fuck so he bought a course and the rest is history 
Yeah. It's quite a lit to be but fair. But the, the goal, when, when I was buying the course, the goal was because I fail, I fail every, like when I, you know, people say like I got, they failed job. I failed mm-hmm. every job. Like I failed an electrician apprenticeship. I failed like three or four different factories. I was a forklift driver. I was a, like, I can go on for a while. But uh, so my goal with the course was when I, when I bought the course, the main thing, if I was like, if I can create my own job. So if I was getting paid 30K and if I can create my own 30K from my computer, you know, nine to five from home, that was like my wildest, like my wildest imagination at that time in say 2017, 2018. So So it was less like you were like naturally an entrepreneur. You more just fucking hate what you did, that you were doing and want to do your own thing. And that was like an opportunity. Well, I don't think I was a natural entrepreneur, but I had I had potential. I knew I had potential deep down. So when I was in a job and I was late every day, or I was doing fucking up something at work, or I was doing something wrong, it was never because I was, you know, not intelligent or anything. It was just I had potential that was not being fulfilled, and I was looking for distraction. So mm-hmm. I had I don't think I was a natural entrepreneur. I I had massive potential. I knew myself since I was a kid. No matter what I put my mind to. I could do a really good job, but I just could never find something to put my mind to. And then Ty Lopez brought that avenue for me. So when was this? Like you said, 2017? 2017, yeah. Just so after I turned 20. quit your job like straight away? Or, like, what was the timeline from buying the course to this becoming like the reality of making your own money? So this was the week before Christmas, Twenty. this could have been 2016, I'm actually unsure. But... So I was in a, a medical device factory that was quite, it was quite a good paying job at the time for, for someone who was 20 with no qualification. And they brought me into a room the previous month. They're like, okay, from Jan- January next year, you're going to get your long-term uh, full, uh, permanent employment contract. So everyone was like, oh, you, you made it. You're, you're successful. You're in a factory forever. You've dental care and you've you know everything all the benefits that come from a, a corporate position but the week before we finished up for Christmas there was an issue and as I said it was a medical device factory so someone has to get the blame so I was the youngest guy there I got fired at that time and that was say a Wednesday and I bought Ty's course on a Friday so I lost my job on a Wednesday so you're like back got, against the wall so I got my last paycheck 2k 2.5k do you want to remove this daffin I've not said anything because he's just been trying to shock him shag my arm I can hear someone in my ear I was like what's he doing <laughs> get out the room yeah I think he's going to have to go oh no because thing is if I put him in my room it just shit <laughs> it's going to have to happen for the great I'll just open podcast. the door so we can go we can go outside no, I might be alright though I um, reckon he'll chill. He's calm. I reckon he'll chill. <laughs> anyway, I was gonna, yeah. I let you chime in. Now you stop being raped by a dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, basically, I, I I got fired from that job on a Wednesday. Got my last monthly paycheck pre Christmas, which was say two two or two and a half k euros, and I bought Ty's course for one k. I bought like this beat up laptop off a Polish guy for 300 <laughs> quid um, I used that last 2.5k uh, to like get uh, to get to get myself on some sort of track like, are you living with parents still at this point living with my yeah living parents yeah. yeah quite like I feel like some people get to that point and I can kind of like burn the boats mentality in it like you have to when you get into a position where you have to make it work yeah, yeah. you used to do that when back in oh you did that to some degree through when you start when, uh, when you dropped out of uni 
yeah. it's like remove the remove your other options and you usually make it work yeah if you but when you have the fallback it's like you have less motivation because you have that behind you but how long did it take you to go from buying that course to kind of i guess replacing the income from a job and then getting to the point of going from like freelancer to agency like i guess that's a transition in it where you go from like you doing everything to bringing someone else in yeah well, initially, I didn't know what those terms even meant back yeah, then. Like, I, did, I didn't know I was like, a freelancer. I didn't know me some work, get paid. Yeah, yeah, money. yeah. Like I didn't, I, did, I didn't, I didn't uh, really understand all of that back then. Yeah. But when my first client came, so the, the course was four months, and I knew I had to finish the course. Because I, I knew I had to build a confidence because, like, family members, friends, neighbours, people thought I was crazy. People thought yeah. I was, because I was up in my room doing a course every day and people like, Adam's playing like video games or something, you know, they, people didn't really get it back then, say 2017. So, it was probably, I done, so the course is four months, I'd done the course twice in four months and then I started looking for clients. So I'd say it was probably about six to eight weeks after that. So probably six months. So I had six months of just, but I, I, even though I was learning the course, what I was more kind of doing is like reprogramming my mind. Did the course actually teach media buying? Did it teach how to outsource media buying and get customers? No, I thought, thought actually media buying. But it, it teaches everything from like an SMMA world, lead gen, landing pages, SEO, websites, mm. everything. It was so very, was it very like broad. a legit good course? Yeah, for, in 2017, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the only thing on the market in 2017. This mm. is before... Bet he printed some serious money. Yeah, like before he did E-Man. Like, before the E-Mans of the world, yeah. He, before yeah. E-Man and, and anyone else, like, he was, uh, before any YouTuber, basically, like, mm. Ty, Ty was that guy in 2017. Uh, I think E-Man still was was there, but I don't know if he had a course until maybe a year after. Yeah, I wouldn't say back then. But, uh, but yeah, Ty was the only thing on the market. I think he did 50 million from yeah, from, really that, from that course, yeah. He ran some serious traffic through that Lambo some serious traffic. He's responsive, handily responsible for all the cold emails that say, "Quick question, Matthew." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All the fucking automated. But Ty was doing SMA all that. Done. Ty yeah. was doing all that fucking well before everyone else was doing it. Like that's what he yeah. did. he, he kind of gone in and got out with, with all the that. singularity of every info product. Yeah, everything roots back to Ty. When yeah. did you start making money then after doing this course? So you must have been sweating a bit if you didn't have a job and you're just in your room doing a course. Yeah. It was a bit of a mad time, man. Yeah. A bit of a mad time. Um, so, six months. There's six months. No, I didn't make any money for six months. I would work one. I'd work one day here, work one day there, in, in like a bar or or something like that. Say my father would have friends that would just say, "Come down here and work for the night or whatever." So I'd work maybe two or three nights a month in a bar. But besides that, no, I was just studying, learning, trying to figure things out, and that was like a six month period of like. Self-education, yeah, programming. <laughs> it got a bit tough, but yeah, I had to reprogram myself because I wasn't prepared for anything previous to that. Like you know, so is that how you started? Uh, well, obviously, I got a bit of a leg up doing stuff for you in terms of like general knowledge, and then we bought an info product here off John Plan. Well, we we actually started using YouTube, and we got a decent amount of success and got some clients. Again, because I think I'd learned a bit more than most about media buying and like more like broad e-com, which allowed you to talk to founders a little bit better than someone who'd just come from a mm. normal mm. course through what we did with Dusk and stuff. Um, but then we bought a course. It just kind of expediated the process and went from there. 
But I do think a lot of that's early stages, like learning the mindset side though. Mindset, reprogramming, confidence. Escaping the matrix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, escaping. Well, going from like uni or say high school, college in, in, in Ireland, we'd call it like to going out on your own. It's 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 unheard of. Like it's it's not really, it's not common at all. Like, I was going to say. It's not very entrepreneurial culture, is it, Ireland? If I, it probably it's, I've it's, seen it's, that it's, in like my cousins and shit. It's behind here. Um, it's getting, it's getting, Obviously, this company is like Wayfire and shit. I Shout think, out, Jack. But yeah, I think it's probably a bit like Europe. I, feel I like could be wrong in that, but it definitely feels less entrepreneurial than certainly London. Yeah, and even London's way behind like America, obviously. Yeah, yeah, so, Ireland would be yeah a bit behind London, yeah. But yeah, it's it's catching up a little bit. Like I'd say, it's getting yeah, better. It goes like Amer- America first, definitely. Then probably here, and it's even with ecom. Like you can rip American. Estonia's stores. mad, don't it? I was watching a documentary on the the Bolt founder. Like Isn't a 15 there? minute doc on YouTube. Did not know that. He's like 28 year old billionaire. There is some decent, like, obviously Mad entrepreneurs in, in Europe, but if you look at how you can take an e com store from America, change it into German, and run it up in Germany, it's just still, it's just like yeah. so much less competitive because yeah. it's less of a culture, though, isn't it? Yeah. Australia is pretty e com entrepreneurial. It is, but it's slow and pretty, like, they just, yeah. don't, they just don't like work as much because they love. I feel like. America and Europe and the UK, you kind of live to work, whereas in Australia, it's like you work to live. It's probably the right way around. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, this world is fucking depressed and chasing like, money. Same <laughs> in like Spain and Italy in some ways, like way more like, like oh, siestas. Spain is like completely different, yeah. Laid back, which is weird. When I lived in Barcelona for three months. They wouldn't open coffee shops on Mondays till 11am. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, how the fuck do I work? I'm trying to get Wi-Fi. Yeah. Like, it's mad. Yeah. Yeah, it's very laid back, man. Very, very laid back. But the US is obviously just ahead of fucking Everything, ahead of everybody yeah. so how did it look going from you get a first client like how did you come about that and how long was it until you maybe had a few clients and you felt like you were actually fucking making it work so obviously in the, in the course Ty has all these you know call email approaches and DMs and all this type of stuff but I was saying to all of my friends and people in my network I'm doing internet marketing at home is what I was calling at the time I was like I'm doing digital marketing internet marketing I was like tell your boss and work I can help bring them more customers and I said if you can set me up with your boss in a meeting and they sign a contract I'll give 50% of the first month over to them Mm. So people people were passing on my details to their boss, and one of my friends passed uh, set me up a meeting with his boss, and she was like, "Let's go." And I think my first uh, client was four hundred a month, and that was for like everything, like Facebook ads, like yeah, content creation, email marketing, everything, four hundred a month. But that's that was just the vehicle I needed to just mm. get the confidence to onboard a client, send a report, send an invoice whatever the case may be you know so first client there a month later then got a second client um, and a third and then I kind of got my first like four figure client which really kind of that was just big money for me back then so um, he's getting rowdy again not gonna lie <laughs> like I have to go should I remove do you, want, you, you keep speaking I'll, I'll remove the, the rapist dog <laughs> Um, yeah I feel like confidence builders those first ones isn't it we did free trial for our first one it was just like get it in the door learn learn like how to deliver the results and then the confidence comes from there yeah and you have a bit of confidence in what you're actually selling yeah and your ability to sell it and you undersell yourself pretty heavy early on but I don't even think it's bad because it's like you are technically selling people on something you've not actually done that much before 
Yeah. Well, you have, that's what I say to people. Like, you have to be transparent in your first client. Just be like, yeah. this is my first time doing this. I'm not. I'm probably not going to do an amazing job, but I'm going to go above and beyond for a, a low fee, and then just get them in the door. Because then that, just the, the the simple confidence of onboarding a client, sending them their first month's report, having a catch up call, yeah, just all that, just builds such massive confidence. You know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely. So the first client is the hardest, but it's it's what people need to just get done. Bite the bullet. Definitely. You know. So. From there to how many people have you got now? <coughs> to skip forward quite heavily. How many clients? Yeah, well, no people as in like size of business in terms of like team. From there to there. Um, overall, it's just under twenty. I'm not sure. Yeah, but yeah, seventeen, eighteen. Then when did you start branching off from there to ecom? How long was like basically when you start doing other things? I guess outside we of that. Move forward five years when yeah, I was removing the rapist years. dog. <laughs> Big jump. Yeah. Um, so, as I said, all my first kind of network of clients were all just pretty random, like yeah. barbershop, restaurant, cafe, bar. Um, then I had like an optician, which is my first high-ticket client. So we're doing like Legion and stuff with them. And then what happened was I was kind of working with another guy and he referred me over to... Um, uh, an e-com brand uh, we drove up to Dublin where Matt's from and um, my dad is from just <laughs> drove, to clarify drove up to Dublin to meet and he was like okay let's give it a try again small four figure fee and he gave me a budget and we came back like 40x the budget and he, I was like what the hell is going on here so that's when my first taste of e-com came and then I was like obviously I'd lost interest in all the bars and restaurants then yeah, I was yeah. like I need more e-com clients so um that was 2019 I'd say probably six months before COVID I was kind of 50% e-com 50% more local business and then COVID came I lost 50% of my business 50% of my clients overnight and then over the next 30 days we just took on so many more e-com clients when the COVID boom came so that for social and Google sorry is that for like Facebook and Google so so yeah, that was so sorry. That was going back. That was just Facebook at the time. We were just just Facebook, Instagram ads at the time, and a lot of our clients started requesting Google. So they're like, okay, this is going really, really well. Um, how can we, for example, get how can we get uh, more growth? And they started inquiring about Google. So I ended up meeting with a guy um, who was previously employed by Google in Cork. And he was like, we can start offering Google ads to these clients. So we tried it with one, tried it with two. Started going really, really well. And we ended up working together full time. Um, we started building out the Google team with the Facebook team. And then at that time, we were offering basically paid traffic at that time then. So TikTok wasn't really, 2019, 2020 TikTok was not really, mm. TikTok was only kind of just getting started back then. Um, so yeah, mainly Facebook, Google. Now we do everything, e- email marketing, SMS, Snapchat, Pinterest, TikTok. And you said it's 20 people. I'm, I'm in, I missed that bit. That's why it's walking back in. Yeah, 20 people, yeah. The same size as you, is it? Similar? 28. No, they're more. They're way more. 28 in one and then 15 in the other. That's not just the age, that's the brand as well. Like we, we employees, employees in the brand as well. Yeah, so come on to the brands. I don't know why I fucking missed, but... So wait, so you've got the age. <laughs> I didn't miss much. I you just asked one question. <laughs> when when did seconds. the brand start? 
So I guess you've just kind of started moving on to that part. Yeah. So obviously, when I, when I was doing that six month period of trying to reprogram my mind, I kind of never came off that. So I would always watch Ty Lopez, Grant Caron. I would just go down YouTube kind of YouTube rabbit holes, as they say, like most days of the week. So I kind of just stumbled across my move from Ty Lopez. To I started studying Grant Caron. So he obviously taught, started talking about like investing and trying to get yourself ahead and thinking bigger and all this type of stuff. So I just kept stacking cash, kept 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 saving everything I could and an opportunity came to invest and someone said to me that they were selling their brand. Would I know anyone who was interested? And I goes, let's jump on a call. This was actually literally this week last year. This was, yeah, first, yeah, this week last year, 2021. And we jumped on a call and discussed the fee and four days later we sent them the money and bought the brand. So I kind of just... What brand is that? That's Zenchi. Jewelry store. Oh. Is that one that's an inch competitor? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get, get get slapped on the wrist tomorrow. <laughs> right, so, oh, so you never started a brand? I never. I, right, okay, fine. So this is yeah. this is another story, this is right? This why it's interesting because we've never had anyone that's done this. So no, here's, here, I'd started two brands but they both flopped. Oh, okay. Well, one was at Lucas, was that, actually. Me and Lucas. What time was that then? <laughs> Sorry? When, when, when were the brands that you started? And what so sort of brands are I start, End of 2019, I started a clothing brand. It was going to be called Script. And that just yeah. went so... That just went Lucas for... Lucas has never told me about this. So must, be, must be embarrassed <laughs> by this story. <laughs> that, that just went... That went... That, that, was that, that by yourself? Was that with Lucas? This is by myself, yeah. Oh, really? Um, why did it go badly? Because I, I, we had a clothing brand. Just... Um, oh, I bet bad bad samples bad it's a complex designed move. bad branding just didn't wait down no no it was just going worse it was just getting worse yeah. as it was going um so that kind of flopped last didn't like last a couple of came like nothing major um and then say probably about six to twelve months later i was starting another brand so sorry i invested in another clothing brand that that didn't go too well either and then I was my mind was set in a clothing brand, so mm. I started getting into building another another clothing brand. Um, and Lucas was involved in that with me. What was that one called? That was called Elysian. We were going to call it Elysian Clothing. Oh, how does he never talk about this? <laughs> what sort of clothing? Like, yeah. was it like spicy? No, it was like men's. <laughs> it was like men's, like you know. I'm trying to think of an example brand like Legend London style brand spicy yeah come in yeah. <laughs> maybe a little bit spicy yeah, so, not quite I know what you mean like halfway between like six silk and represent maybe yeah like yeah, sort yeah, of the yeah. middle ground. Icon Amsterdam type style yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so that went south um, and was as it, I said is that because you couldn't make it you couldn't like generate momentum or you have momentum and then you fuck something up couldn't, couldn't generate momentum couldn't generate momentum I think couldn't decide on the branding couldn't decide on the, the name yeah. the website the style the, the supplier just nothing nothing was going right like so I, I'm clueless on starting a brand I don't know how to start a brand so that's when I started saving all the money stacking the cash and when an opportunity came which firstly was Zenchi and I had the funds there I was like yeah let's this is this, this is my but, but did you always had you always planned on getting involved in a brand either as well as or instead of the agency because you just thought it was interesting or what like you obviously run an agency yeah there's definitely more cash flow at least initially in an agency than there yeah. is in a brand especially starting a brand yeah I mean like 
bought so when I was when we were fully in e, in, in ecom with the agency we were helping the, we were we'd always we were just talking to the clients about everything outside of the paid traffic or, or the email marketing or the Facebook ads whatever we'd be always talking about supply chain 3PLs uh, UGC Shopify stores like we'd always just be trying to connect the dots for everyone to try going above and beyond so in the back of my mind I was like okay like I'd be quite confident to scale a brand myself mm. and like through COVID we were like and still to this day we're doing mega fucking revenue for some brands so I was like it just made more sense for me to transition into having my own brand and because I flopped two brands when trying to start them I was like when the opportunity came it just made total, made total sense to start investing in buying brands and that's what we've that's what we've been doing for the past say 12 months do you think clo- clothing's a hard one man like it, it really unless you've got a proper vision like you have to have a yeah. vision for a brand there's so many yeah I was reading a tweet thread the other day and it's someone someone had like tagged loads of them there's so many clothing brands with nothing about them on you see that you see about three a day right now. So could I. that you just see and you're like what is the yeah. thought what is the vision behind this it's and just the now same jewelry, I think jewelry's following the same Jewel- path jewelry's going the same way or oh, there's just like yeah there's just so many brands it's just a logo and nothing else about it there's nothing yeah. behind it whereas the ones it's like that are good, white label t-shirt with a logo yeah, the ones yeah. that are good have like creative vision or creative like someone creative you've got to be a fashion designer yeah you can't mm. just be a brand owner trying to sell clothes it's also complex it's a complex niche sizing so, skews yeah it's just shipping, complex like, so I can see why it's hard it's not for me uh, yeah. I feel like it was a lot easier like five six seven years ago I was just going to say that yeah if it's starting a clothing brand in 2016 you've got the Geordie Shore wave so Hera London Jim yeah. King there's a load of them but yeah. those the legend London's yeah brands like that <laughs> yeah so yeah, like they, they got on a very, very good time. But in, to start that, no, you need yeah, to so I also think that part of the market where it's like basic t-shirts with a, an embroidered logo doesn't exist anymore no. to the same extent. No. People have moved on to like represent Colbucks and whatever it is, like slightly like, higher end, like yeah, quality. just more like quality over quantity because like, fast fashion is slowly dying to some extent. Yeah. yeah. And then the other side is like you have the ones which have got a creative vision behind like nude projects. They're massive yeah. brands. Yeah. Like they've got like personality. Or the retro sports brands are massive now. Yeah, they're massive, like which are quite sick, but it's hard. Yeah. So, so then you bought I forgot what it said it's I don't want to butcher its name. Zenchi. Zenchi. Zenchi, yeah. I bought Zenchi, yeah, this this literally f- this week last year. Um why, why did the founder sell it? Um, he was kind of he was on to me but the month before um, he was going to sell it I can't remember why he just kind of needed something different I think he was starting he was starting two new brands one with his partner and one another brand he was kind of more passionate about um, and he, he just wanted to change he wanted to, he just wanted to get away onto the new brand so he was just kind of putting the feelers out there and yeah just kind of made made sense and why did you buy that over something else? Was there? Were you looking at other brands? No, I wasn't. So I was, was waiting. Opportunistic. I was just saving all the money I could and waiting, for, waiting for opportunity to come. We're that's saying the first one that came. Jewelry's a good niche if you can get it. If you can get it going, yeah, it's a good niche to be in because it's like margin, just beautiful in it. And that was must have been right. I've seen I, I definitely more so a few months ago. I saw a lot of TikTok ads for that brand. I feel like that yeah. must have been right when TikTok started. Yeah moving which is almost like yeah getting on that platform early with the right brand was like enough leverage and it's just the platform to get it to a pretty decent spot I'd imagine yeah um, so I guess that's like the perfect mix of brand and 
like platform yeah. alignment, which is good. Yeah. Yeah, the brand as well. I mean, like, there's kind of got a bit more plans for 2023 with the brand, so, um, yeah. What was the process like taking over? Like, obviously, picking up all of the operations behind it. I underestimated that massively. Man. Yeah, I can imagine it's complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massively. A brand sounds a lot easier. It's just like, oh, you build a Shopify store, you sell a product. It sounds a lot easier than it is, yeah. but it's not. It's, it's very, very hard. So we had to build out the team for that. So that's where the sister company came. Whereas the mark, the agency is Power Media, whereas the sister company is Power Brands. So Power Brands owns all the brands we have now. And there's a team in there that, that you know, each... A lot of similarities to Connor Martin here. Well, he was just telling me that on the way there. They're getting those vibes. Well, Connor, yeah, Connor's, Connor's a bit different, but... Similar setup, similar background, Irish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a bit different. Cause it's Must like, be something in the war over there. <laughs> You know me from your yeah. head. <laughs> I got the bug as well. Um, yeah, I can imagine taking over ops from another person's complex. Yeah, very, very complex. So I had to get it over to a 3PL in Belfast <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, tough. A lot, a lot of hard work. And that was being done over like Christmas last year. So everyone's order was late. The refund, thousands of people. It was, it was a tough. Was there any shit to fix in that brand? Like, but was it like broken in any area or was it just like De- good I, operation yeah it was a good operation definitely definitely a lot, lot of stuff to fix like uh, kind of the, the supply chain was spread out a lot so that was a lot of extra headache mm. um, and then yeah just a couple of other yeah a couple of other bits but yeah nothing that was too major like the band was working with Wayflyer and stuff like that yeah so um, nothing too major but and how, how many brands now um, do, how many brands do we have yeah I, I guess the timeline in terms of the brands that you've bought or started you said you haven't started any no I've never started one, no. Um, so now we have four brands and what are they um, what are you secretive about them she's <laughs> an Instagram buyer there's is Zenshi was the first Jim Goddess was the second. What's that clothing? Yeah, female fitness. Um, Irish brand, not a good brand. Um, the third was a girl to die for, female fashion brand, and the fourth was Tig. Tig was a recent one. Tig was only the last sixty days. So why the, four brands instead of focusing on one? Because this is the I've done the multiple brands thing. Well, two at a time. Yeah. And more prior to that, and I just came to the conclusion that for me, I need to focus on one. Yeah. Because, but obviously, there's a lot of people that run groups. But you, you have your passion behind your brand, like, so like, my. I think I do now. Yeah. Didn't yeah. in the past as much. But my my passion is about building a group, like. Yeah. So I I don't have I'm not passionate about jewelry. I'm not passionate about gym gear. Like, yeah. I don't have I'm not passionate. Women's fashion. I'm not passionate <laughs> about that. I'm passionate yeah. about growing something of value, like something of value that has a 10, 12, 18, 20 year vision. That's from passion comes. Did they all come to you in the same way? Did they all come to you like almost opportunistic purchases through the agency? Um, or did you seek out them? Kind of, yeah. Kind of just through networking. It all just kind of happened, you know? Yeah. It all just kind of happened in, in a period of time. Um, and just people, people inquiring, people like, 
how do you own a brand and I was saying oh look this is kind of my plan and they're like oh I might be interested in that or this person owns this brand they might be interested in speaking to you about that or that sounds perfect yeah I've turned I've turned away like five or six brands since then because if you think about it there's a lot of people out there who have an amazing product a really good brand but they don't know nor have the, the massive budgets to get an agency behind to do everything and put budgets into Instagram Meta Facebook or Google TikTok email marketing UGC creative everything whereas we can do all that and be their partner do you get me so it, it, it people have been coming to me with that as well the past couple of months as well and I've been kind of saying I, I can't take on anymore right now obviously but yeah I always wanted to run a brand group Infinity 85 still got the domain that was kind of what I was planning on doing and then went tits up and now I'm selling mushrooms but I think Wait, for me yeah, why did they I, go tits up well the fucking story about Neil Beach oh it? were, they, were those brands underneath the same company yeah what were they underneath the Infinity what's it called Infinity well they're un, under MK Brands Limited but yeah that's okay. number one yeah, don't, don't put a profitable successful jewellery brand under the same company as a fucking Chad scale nightmare yeah but Chad, I've already lost Chad enough sleep over that <laughs> yeah but the, yeah the Chad Twitter world man is it's funny brilliant. you say your shit starting brands though because I think I'm arguably one of the best people I've, the best person I've ever met at starting brands yeah you're great yeah. Too, it's a world. I, th- I honestly think you put me in a room in six months with some money I can get any brand to a million plus any brand that, yeah. that I've created from scratch like even if it's tampon yeah. brand like what I've been less good at in the past is getting past the bedroom brand stage of like five million in revenue. I guess Neon got to like eight mil. It's still pretty big, but it's different. Midnight City got to like three mil run rate, which is good. It's just a vast just, difference. It was a combination of I got bored, but also I never really built out the infrastructure to go to like ten mil plus. Yeah, which is what I'm now definitely confident I can do. Yeah, but it's taken me fucking like five years in the trenches to figure that out a little bit more. Yeah, it's like every, I can't remember who said it, but every it's like every twelve. If in a growing business, every twelve months your job title changes entirely. Yeah, and that's definitely what happens. Like you, what mm. goes? I said, I said this on the last episode. I think what takes you from like zero to one doesn't take you from one to five doesn't take you from five to ten. Needs completely different skill sets in every business. I feel you should maybe you should have just stayed at like you should have just stayed make brand flip it. Like maybe that could have been nah, because it can't have like. <laughs> big impact just yeah, you can. one point quickly and you should just you should just be the guy take you take brands from zero to five mil and then hand it off to a group yeah yeah. that should be your that should be your key it should be your key well, I could definitely do that but, then. but why, why yeah that makes sense yeah yeah go on you're going to say something I was going to say why do you think I was going to say why do you think that it kind of do you, do you think that it, there's a ceiling that comes what what's like what's stopping you from that ceiling well it's funny because Jimmy Hill who's one of my investors and good mate now probably the fucking richest cunt that's been on this podcast um, like proper money he says he thinks the hardest part is zero to a million and I was like oh well I've done that three times before yeah. and I've done it again with this brand like okay if that's the hardest part then fucking I just need to stick with it a bit longer so to answer your question yeah, why I think in the past I, probably mainly because I wasn't sure it was what I wanted to work on long term so it was more just like oh great I've got a finance supercar I live in a fucking penthouse life's mint Yeah, I wasn't really thinking like long term then you get a bit older and you're like ah even if I had all the money in the world but still want to work on something so then it's more like what would I work on then that I'm more passionate about 
Mm. So that's definitely what I'm doing now is more aligned with that. Um, but also just experiencing it. Like I realized that doing multiple things at the same time for me didn't work. Mm. So now I've just set everything up like very differently. Yeah. And what's the move then? Do you think, do you have a plan to avoid the mistakes that were made the previous time? Yeah. I mean, for, the first mistake is don't run a fucking custom B2B neon sign business. It's like, <laughs> the bedroom on your yeah, like don't yeah. scale a, a million a month with 40 Filipino freelancers <laughs> and not a single experienced person. Like that, that was the only problem. Midnight City was a good business. I just wasn't interested in it. Um, yeah. Fundamentally. Just don't give a shit about jewellery. It was becoming really competitive. I was quite early in that space in the UK, but yeah, could have been crafted London. Just wasn't meant to be. I remember that brand, man. Yeah. It was, it was printing for a while. I miss her. <laughs> it was printing. 2020 summer, he was running the ads. We were fucking printing. Yeah, we were. Yeah, that was nice little margins on that. Um, hmm. You were going to segue a minute ago, and I just you probably forgot what you were going to say. Oh, yeah, it was. So... The point about getting to that, that next stage, which we were kind of saying before. So I've been speaking to loads of investors and funds and shit, particularly funds is the interesting point in like the past two weeks, which in itself is like a full-time job. I actually quite enjoy it. And it's funny because they all, one of the questions I ask is like, because like, firstly, I think the numbers I'm doing now are fucking tiny because in my head they are because I've done way bigger numbers in the past. But they're all like, oh my God, You've actually got to seven figures in revenue Quick with no employees for, and you don't have an office. And I'm like, what do you mean do I have a fucking office? Like, we're doing tiny numbers. Why do I have an office? And then they're like, oh, well, X, Y, and Z business has got 10 employees. They've raised five times the money you raised and they're doing less than half of the revenue. Oh, and the founder's got an MBA. I'm can. like, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's why. Because they're, they're not hustlers. They're operators that think you need to have loads of fixed costs it's just funny how different people I'm thinking of a few brands I'm not going to say I know a really good one a really famous UK based brand just bought an office in Brixton they have 50 staff and the office is like 50k a month and they're not profitable yeah it's, so it's just funny because like they'll look at me working from home and think like they think it's cool but like a bit of them you can tell things like oh, this kid doesn't know what they're doing they need yeah. an office and a C-suite but I'm like, fuck, I think I could get to 20 million from this kitchen with no employees. <laughs> oh, this, th- but then, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think you need to look professional to be doing good things. Uh, there's probably a balance in between, like, yeah, I probably at some point would be better to not just have freelancers and shit. I think it gets to a point where you're going to But it's just funny depending on who yeah. you speak to. Because all, like, the Twitter econ bros or whatever are doing fucking way bigger numbers than half these venture-backed businesses. Mm, and they're not a single employee. Well. yeah. It's just really interesting. Yeah, but is that uh, would like other people? It's kind of different structure for an exit. Then it's kind of direction you want to go with the brand. Really, do you think so? Yeah. So this is another thing I think about a lot. We spoke about on the previous episode is that there is definitely a big difference I've noticed, and especially speaking to like these investors and shit, who ultimately are the people that would either help you get to that massive scale, probably, or would end up buying you. And it's like a completely different conversation. It's all about. Like most of these brands that sell for like 100 mil, they're not even profitable. That's just a yes. fact. Not all of them. There are exceptions, but Strategic. all the, like the, yeah. or they could be two, they could be, they could have a 1% margin. Yeah. yeah. But like, enterprise value, isn't it? Like the buying the value. I would much rather be a founder that owns a loss making business that someone views as valuable, it's worth 100 million quid. 
yeah. than be the founder that is showing off by his 30% net margins but he makes 300 grand a year and he's never going to make more than that yeah, yeah. they're just very different things yeah. and if you start start at the end which my plan with this brand is to build it and sell it mm. like everything I'm doing is ultimately like towards that even like this funding round don't necessarily need to do it but it's part of the strategic path to get to the point where you could sell yeah and there's loads of intricate details as to why that's the case and shit but I'm not going to go into that but yeah I just think it's interesting but do you, do you think that the investors that you're speaking to when they're saying oh you, you should have the, the office and you should have this, this, this staff like f- f- when you're looking for a sale whoever's yeah, going to buy it they, they, why. they want to buy that system that they you want have something they don't you, want, you're not required they don't want they won't buy like if you're running the brand from your kitchen yeah, they, exactly. won't buy, they won't buy you yeah to get like why agents yeah I mean at this stage it's seven months old like they're buying into like the founder and the vision basically but yeah ultimately if it was in five years time and you were still the one at the helm wouldn't be worth very much would it because second you go you fucking disappear or you'd Mm. or you'd get bought on the basis that you stayed for three to five years which you don't want to do and that that goes so more times than (laughs) more times than it's why agencies get low multiples because a lot of agencies are very tied to the founder if you take the founder out they're absolutely like well, unless you've built it in the right way, so you're removed. But a lot of agencies within like a certain bench threshold of revenue, yeah. I guess you're both in the similar position in the sense that you fucking you're involved in brands and agencies. But if if you have to pick one right now, you have to sack the other agency or the brands. What would it be and why? Right now, I would sack the brands because obviously the agency funded all the brands. Like the mm. agency is is where everything is kind of the foundation of everything so if I sacked that off I'd be unemployed <laughs> no, so, so so, what's the, the logic and long term vision with the brands is, is that to build like we were saying enterprise value rather than necessarily like yeah, enterprise cash value, flow yeah. in the here and now uh, cash flow for the initial phase uh, cash flow for the initial phase for three out of the four so I, 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 I'd I take away just stuff like that from Zenshi but the rest is everything's going back in and yeah. the other three and the rest so um, basically just yeah build treat the companies like real estate like you know keep building them up and you know getting them every single year having everything in the green bigger brands collabs everything exciting about building a brand you know but then having the agency being the main thing Agencies are cash flow businesses, aren't they? Yeah, not, exactly. What about the agency? Every fucking no. can on Instagram runs an agency. Yeah, I wouldn't sack the obviously I wouldn't sack the agency because I don't own the brands. It's a bit of a different question. Well, I guess if you had to pick one, just out of hypothetical preference, would you uh, say the same? Uh, I don't know. I think both have pros and cons. I like building the agency. They definitely both have pros and cons. Very yeah. removed from the agency, though. Like very removed. So like if money was no object, I reckon most people would say brand. Brand, would they, yeah. would they not? Brand, Surely I was, they would. If I was very passionate about the brand, like I, I enjoy working on the, the the ecosystem we're working on right now because I can see where it's going. Yeah. With Connor and that that whole business can be ridiculous if we get it right over the next like five years. With the the three PL, the brands. Well, it's a baby hook group, isn't it? That's what we're gonna. <clears throat> that's what we're trying to build. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think it can do that. I think if we make make the right strategical hires, build the right build the right infrastructure. Um, build, but launch the right brands. They can definitely do that. Because I think if you once you got a, the Jack Group can buy space goods. Yeah. <laughs> once you got the right, once you got the right processes and systems in place, like 
It's still, it's still, you can still apply the same formulas to brands. Like it's not, you don't change that much about it. You change the products, you change the content, and you change like the the vertical and obviously the tone of voice and all the, the actual. You change the brand itself, but you don't change the infrastructure behind how you grow it. Yeah, and if you have the SOPs from like. An agency, a, yeah, yeah, from the agency, but also in the brand from A to Z in regards to, you have your team of designers, you have your supply chain, you have everything else. Yeah, that's what I mean. Then you can just keep keep scaling them up. Ty Lopez does that as well. Like he's after buying. He bought Radio Shock. Man, he Ty Lopez so after buying buying like fifteen mega fucking brands like Radio Shack, Pier One. Pier One was like nearly a billion dollar yeah, brand. That was mad. Um, Radio Shack is a weird weird one. I didn't. Like yeah. They're proper old school, aren't they? They pivoted all to like, but they were they were doing, they weren't doing great econ yeah, really. wise. So he brought them, brought them onto ecom, and he's just scaling them all up now. So that's obviously Ty's a very smart guy. So he thought that through. So it must be a good move. Do you think you'll keep running the agency as long as this plan for the brand group, or is that just a here and now thing? And it's what got started. The agency. Yeah. No, I'll always run the agency, man. Oh, like, the agency is when when I wake up in the morning, between the first couple of hours of my day is all agency. Mentally thinking, checking, looking at stuff, whatever. Whereas the brands are all secondary. Like, I'm just mentally and emotionally attached to the agency because I put so much into it, so I don't think I'd ever be able to sell it. Whereas, and you're probably the same. I find it rewarding, the agency. I find it rewarding from two folds. You've got the people. Yeah. Like we train everybody from scratch. I find it quite rewarding, like giving, upskilling people, giving people opportunity, having people who want to be there, like building a place where people want to come and work and actually enjoy it. And then also having a massive impact on businesses that wouldn't be able to get to the stage to get to without you. Yeah. You're probably, you're different. Like you could, you could run your brand up to like a couple of like 10, 15 mil just yourself. But there's a lot of business owners that start a business out of a passion and have no idea how to get it to the potential that it actually has. I find it quite rewarding from that side and obviously it's a it's more of a lifestyle business like it's it once you get if you get it if you build an agency right it shouldn't really need you past a certain point at all yeah like you should be that's able where, to, yeah that's, that's, you, that's you where you're at isn't it you should be able to jump out yeah. the window and it not really nothing happened like so yeah. go to the office yeah yeah I go to the office like every month or like every couple of months but we've every got, couple of months you've got to see it but that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's often I'm still involved in the in the day to day but I'm more involved on like you're just involved in like overseeing and make, checking everything not even overseeing like more like marketing like mo- mo- most of my function now is trying to bring deals to the agency like we've got a COO yeah. who runs all of our hiring processes yeah. client success client fulfilment yeah I speak to him twice a week yeah he gives me reports i work more on like obviously built a bit of, built a bit of a personal brand that brought us loads of deal flow a personal brand agency now yeah i'm working one yeah um <laughs> that's fraud. working as well linkedin i hate it but great for deals um yeah, yeah this is the thing if i just fucking sold out. my it's soul and suck dick a bit more i'd fucking like my personal brand would just make so much money but i just don't care honestly just tell the story on linkedin with a bit of like i just cannot be one of these kinds that of just cringe. makes thread how I went from like yeah, yeah. back to the cave to millionaire in six months like it's f- such bollocks that's why I had to get yeah. someone else it's just not my brand they don't, I don't it's even, not me they like approve them like, I don't even want to read them just post them and just see what happens just, does your team do that for you? no yeah. I use this other guy uh, he's pretty good actually at what he does everyone sells their authenticity but like you have to write cringe to, to get success on LinkedIn LinkedIn, yeah. LinkedIn is a LinkedIn platform is painfully the humble brand these days. the humble brand I let you go on it it's like Facebook these days yeah it is yeah. But it's somehow more accepting. 
and yeah. so like I just like it's because it's a professional network so no one can write hate I find it easier letting someone else write about me in a cringy format than me trying to do it myself yeah. so I'm just like do it um, but yeah that's mainly my function in the agency is obviously obviously I still get involved because I like working with the team but it's mostly like strategic and like yeah more top level which is good because um, that also means that you could you could sell it because you're not as involved do you think it is sellable? I've never quite Definitely. understood the, the argument that you can sell an agency for big money. I just don't get it. You can't. What, what are you selling? I met an agency. You, 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 the client list that can cancel next month. No, it's all about like retainer, contract lengths, how diversified. Like if you've got an agency where 75% of your revenue comes from one client, you've not got an agency you can sell. But yeah, if you've got an agency yeah. with 100 clients that all pay you X amount a month, it's quite diversified risk. If they're on 12-month contracts... It's tangible. A lot of the time, if you sell an agency, yeah. you'll have to stay on for 12 to twelve to 18 months to see over the transition. That's just... Even more, than even three yeah. years. Sometimes more. But I met an agency owner the other day who sold his business for between 30 and 50 million in four years after starting it, and it was an agency. What, how, what, what are the numbers? 80 employees. Don't know, I don't know about revenue it's numbers. 30 million for agency. It. That's big. Huh? Who bought it? Grayscale, a much bigger agency. Like usually, yeah. you sell agencies to PE. Yeah, it's never. You never really sell it to another agency. You sell it to a PE who will roll it, who, who will in, like give an agency or the like cash to acquire other agencies. Then they'll roll mm. them up into a bigger en- entity. Yeah, and then get efficiency across them by sharing resource, and then obviously get bigger bigger portfolio, bigger network. Yeah, um, and be able to up sell them onto different services and stuff. Or like what you what you'd see as well is like, let's say for example, a massive paid traffic agency would acquire a creative agency, yeah, yeah, for, and they'd, they'd have they'd offer creative to their already existing clients. So they'd buy that system that the the creative agency has, so that they can diversify themselves as an agency. There's some ridiculously big agencies out there. Like, Do you have plans plans to sell the agency? Nah, it's not built for an exit or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? I don't think. Is, is that because you just haven't bothered I, to build never, that? Yeah, it's the, the agency itself has never really crossed my mind for for an exit. Just, just a cash flow vehicle? Yeah. yeah. Ours is probably built to sell because I think it's nice, it's good to build a business to sell because it makes you more efficient. But it's like, I wouldn't sell it unless, I might sell it much further down the line. But yeah. Someone like, offered you five mil cash, would you sell it? Probably, yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Money talks. I wouldn't get five mil for it. I don't know, I don't know. I'd, actually, it's, it it's definitely easier to sell a brand than there's an agency. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. You're relying a lot on people in the agency and yeah, you are. if the founder and the, the, the owner leaves and the team don't like the new the new management... They just they might, they could just go so straight away. There's a lot of ways to increase agency. Like similar with the, I've been thinking about this a lot. Is like how do you increase? Because we've obviously got the other agency which we do want to sell, the TikTok one. You so want to sell that? I want to sell like actively that. now. Like not now. Like within the next two three years, if we get it big enough. Because I think that's quite a good. In my mind, that's quite a good strategic buy for a big agency. If we can be, we already we got really good relationships with TikTok some PE firms we've got like really good like market share in that vertical it's quite a simple business it just does one thing I feel like it would be a good strategic buy for a big agency yeah or even like a medium sized agency um, to get it to it but like 
the guy I met, the same agency guy I met, I had a, went f- had a really long chat with him about like his focus on like how do you increase the enterprise value of your agency. There's quite a lot of ways. So they, they built an internal SaaS, which gave, when you do something like that, it instantly increases your multiple by like two, three. And there's a lot of ways you can do that from an agency position. Like there's big, you get a lot of access to data, you get a lot of access to like we've got download like a, all your clients customer list yeah, just, mm. just one big CSV in Google Drive yeah. <laughs> no we don't do that um, like even like for a TikTok agency our creator network is obviously unique to us like that's an asset that's, that's for a massive unique, asset yeah. If it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to pivot that to being like instead of it just being a network like it's like a rated network by niche so like yeah. these are the best creators for this niche yeah. these are the best creators for that, that niche that, that's huge value. massive asset massive for, yeah if you want to launch a brand and you can put people you can put you already have that it's like an instant it's like a UGC marketplace yeah internally um, so there's ways as an agency you can increase value beyond just getting more clients but there's also ways you can do that with an e-com brand by getting MRR yeah. or getting like patents yeah um, yeah like sales channels yeah like like, I spoke to an investor the other day they were like wholesale we won't look at brands if they're just ETC yeah that's what I mean yeah. like wholesale so fuck, but it's, pro- it's probably the same it's pro- what we were talking about there a second ago with the, the the guy you met it's probably very similar because if you buy let's say an agency that has the London office and they've everything in there they've teams and staff like the margins go way down with them as well like your margins go like if you're a work from home team and you're, you're boutique and you can be like you can be 75% margin there whereas when you like go massive into like like social chain where where's they're like they're Manchester based and then they started a New York office but social chain will be big but like because they've they, they've the, the the client list that they yeah. have but like let's say a brand that has uh, an agency that has smaller tier brands but has the same overheads yeah so what you, you, you're looking at a 10% yeah, yeah. 15% max Marriage you have to be getting some serious contract value to a, to justify having an office in the middle of New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So similar with the brand. That's probably what. That's probably what the guy was insinuating that you you spoke with. Yeah, it's a balance, though, isn't it? Because I often think, fucking hell, I want to work from home forever. I think you get to a yeah. point though. Where <laughs> but then in a way, I do because I like being yeah. able to just fuck off to Bali and shit on a laptop. But you you should yeah. be able to. It's similar to what depends what day of the week it is. Said about the agency though, you should be able to get to a place. So maybe not for the next year, but like if you go and raise for thirty mil, like that's going to give you the the capital to then put like because I I think there's I think there's a Hormozy video where he dives into there's there's a reason that all big companies have got like management structures because when you get past yeah. a certain level of scale, it's really hard to run a business without having that in place. It like I don't know if that's always true. Maybe it's not true for econ, but I think beyond a certain point. There's yeah, a reason no, every brand, every single business in the world beyond a certain size tends towards a certain structure. Yeah. So you'll probably find that yours would do that beyond a certain point. You'd have like your C-suite, then you'd have like... Well, I spoke to a founder the other day, an angel, who I just cold reached out to. <coughs> then I spoke to him and that's one of the things he said. He said, he said something like, I think you're mad if you think you can get past 10 mil with the setup you currently have. Because I was saying, I think I can get to 20 mil with just me, me and five freelancers. Which is probably pushing it, but <laughs> there, is, there is exceptions to that. And he was like, "No, nah, you don't understand. There's you, exceptions. You're going to need to get better at hiring and get like proper people." And I was like, "All right, okay, maybe." It's 
Which is what I'm shit at, by the way. You need, yeah, yeah. You need to build out teams like, like we see any of our clients that are doing ten mil plus. Like they have like a department of customer service. Like, yeah. like their customer service team could be like seven people full time. I still do think a lot of companies have a lot of fluff. Yeah, they do definitely. Oh yeah, of course. An office in a fucking pinball machine. You can be leader. Well, that's Twitter. Like yeah. <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> but then yeah. there's also a balance of like culture. Like you still yeah. once you've got a yeah. team, you have yeah. to actually make it somewhere someone wants to be, and it's a lot easier yeah. to do that in an office space. Like that's. We're quite we're very protective about our culture in our office in Leeds because people like we don't make people to come to the office, but like loads of people do because they like being there. Yeah, um, yeah. and that's quite undervalued. You don't want to take it to Twitterland where everybody just just. No, that, that is true. I often think um, I would definitely like to have that set up. Yeah, I'm so torn between it. And it's the, but then you want to get company culture like an office and shit because when you don't need it, it's like I'd quite yeah. like to have it, but do I need to spend fucking ten grand a month on a London office? You don't need it, no. Especially when the entire team of six freelancers aren't even in London yeah. <laughs> it's like what fire everyone you're, and hire everyone in London you don't nearby, need to you're there by yourself <laughs> yeah if you look at the very very top e-com brands so like Gymshark there's probably a reason they have a massive head office yeah if you look at like it, yeah. athletic screens probably a reason they have a lot of people in one location yeah it's like it's very you don't find many e-com brands that get to the stage where they're not far off an IPO or at an yeah. IPO stage without the same structure as a more traditional just business in high street brand yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not. It's not even a brand. That's any business. It's a law firm. It's yeah. like because you start getting management issues, HR issues, communication yeah. bottlenecks that go yeah. beyond just the fact of like, can you run some ads for me? Yeah. And like, if you hire people, seven people for customer service, then there's someone that needs to report on their efficiency. Then where do they put that data to? How does that feed into that modeling? Like this, who's checking their work? Comes so much more like complex. You yeah. probably just want to get to the point where you can have an office. You don't have to be there all the time. Yes, I just actually thought, so a guy that, he actually invested a small ticket into Space Goods like three months ago. He got a fucking deal as well. It was like a little, because he wanted to invest in the previous round, but I didn't let him. I know who you mean, I think. So it's a guy that was the CEO of a company called Wiser. I don't, I still actually really know what they do. Are they a clone brand? No. No. They're like a HR, I'm going to get it wrong. I saw a guy in I don't really know, they're like, hey, they've got... It's like a HR business or something like that. He's going to watch this, I don't know, and say he's, I'm wrong. But anyway, he invited me to their office when I first met him. It's in like East London or some shit. It was 150 people. It was a sick office. And I was like, this is the vibe. And they're making yeah. like multi-mills in profit every year. Like classic, like fucking every girl there is like a nine. <laughs> <laughs> some of the guys were as well, to even it. Um, like they've got a fridge full of just like all the trendiest drinks and shit yeah. like trip CBD all this art fucking hell, like, this is an office that's like TikTok like TikTok yeah. have that yeah. some, some but they're actually making money as well so it's like and then I was sat there and I was like fucking hell this is the bit of entrepreneurship I'm definitely missing I'm sick of just staring at a fucking think, screen all day I think yeah. something you probably not another massive tangible benefit to that is like to attract the best people yeah you're not going to attract the best people so that'd be like well you not beyond a certain point yeah like have it like you you almost want to treat your hiring like you treat your marketing for your company like yeah it's mm. like a, it's like why should someone fact, pick you that's up? what this company does they improve the the internal brand of big brands yeah so they'll go to Tesco and make it more attractive to apply for jobs to Tesco something like that yeah. I might have got that wrong so it's like but, yeah. it's a massive competitive advantage in a, in a, especially in a highly competitive space to have somewhere sick to go and work that people yeah, want to yeah. be, and that, that I wanted to fucking go and work there. I was like, Christ. But I think, I think, 
from speaking to people, I think people. I think people want to have the option to work from home, but also yeah. want to come to an office. Like, I think people these days want to. You can get. You can just like you said, they're just staring at a screen all day. You can get very bored of working from home fast. I find it like really draining after a bit. I um, love it, no right, but I know most people don't like. I, I can't do it like five days a week. I have to get out at some point. Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. to like. I, and I, I feel like it's just draining after a while sitting in the same place. I, I like separating work from where I'm like sleeping and being yeah that would be nice <laughs> it's just like although I've been paying for so works for six months yeah, and I've been in twice yeah that's a massive waste of money um, yeah so yeah I think that's a big thing I, I agree hybrid is the best way because you always get you also get like a lot like we were speaking from quite an entrepreneurial standpoint like a lot of people go yeah. to work to do a nine to five yeah. and enjoy it and a, a lot of the people who are like high output remote workers who you might employ now when you get to like a bigger team, you're gonna have a lot of those people who go to work for not just the money, and they want to be part of like a group of people they can do social stuff with. Yeah, and I think there's a you need to find the balance between that to get the right team balance and get the right culture and keep people for a long time. Yeah, but that's very true. Um, yeah, but probably don't need an office right now. We definitely don't. We bought, we got a massive office in Newcastle that time. For just us two sat behind some tables. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. When do you need an office though, do you think? Like from your experience in the first two brands, like wh- where, where's the... I think, ba- I mean, ultimately, it's, it's, the first thing is, is there enough people in one location to even yeah. just, to even use an office? But in, in London, there you, will you be. Could have a, you, yeah, but you could have a massive business with a hundred employees and if they're all remote, don't need an office. It is possible right. to have that. Yeah. You could build a hundred million pound revenue business without an office. Absolute fact. Yeah, you can. It's more just like, if I'm based in London and I want to be in one place, why just hire people in London? I do think it kind of make more sense time zone wise as well. I do think ten percent of people think that there's ten percent of people who are more productive from home. There's ten percent of people who are less productive, and then there's like the the rest of the people fall into this bracket of like they think they're more productive, but they're probably not. Yeah, and you. Yeah, I think that's probably true. But yeah. I agree. Like you- it's about finding the right people. But like, then when you look like I don't know, I think a big company like would Apple be Apple if they were all remote workers? Nah. No, do you know? So that's t- it's when you're thinking bigger, bigger, bigger. Is like is the office? It does it make more sense to just get an office as as you go? Well, Elon's just brought him back into. They just he just said like you well, he just office. said fuck off if you don't yeah if you don't come back in a week you can you're not have, you're not got a job anymore and the thing I think yeah. Snapchat just did the same as well yeah you have to be back within like certain time frame oh yeah it's all right, and it's yeah. like the trend away from that that idea yeah so would like yeah d- would Apple be Apple like I think part of the remote culture like and I see a lot of people on Twitter and like a lot of them are like semi gurus and shit and the sort of people that talk about how much money they have but don't actually really work on anything and like it's all a bit of a facade there's a lot of those but yeah. like in the whole Can pass that water, online yeah. business sphere like the whole e-com community a lot of like drop shippers and shit it feels like everyone's oh, trying shit, to yeah. get to a point where they don't have to work ASAP instead of how can I build something magnificent that I can work on for 50 years do you know what I mean I feel like the true entrepreneurs are much rarer in which I like to think I'm potentially one of them we actually want to build something sick that you can actually that all granted you want to make a load of money along the way and get an exit and all this but even if you had a billion pound exit you still want to work on something whereas all the sort of non more newbie types that Chad. are probably less skilled like the agency like 
yeah. I don't know, fucking copyright course gurus and shit. All they talk about is how can I get to 10 mil so I can just retire. But it's yeah. like, what the fuck would you do with your time? Retirement's not a goal either. Like, what, exactly. I'd just, I'd find All the greatest people like Elon it. Musk don't yeah. fucking retire, are they? Yeah. But granted, he's a very extreme example. But 44 billion yeah. pounds on a business for the crap. You're still going to want to work, which is yeah. where the office thing comes way more relevant. Like, but even like, I'm going to work from home until I'm 50. Mm. Yeah. But even like, not even Elon, but look at like, I don't know, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, like he's not he's not retiring and eating shit and fucking doing nothing. Tyson Fury is another example of that. I tried to retire three times but just can't. Cause he loves yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. a lot of the people, a lot of sport, sportsmen are pretty good example. Usually the transition. Gary Neville's a good example actually. He's, yeah, he's, he's a good just, example. Like if you're relentless yeah. and entrepreneurial and you you usually find another pursuit, you love the process of work, not the outcome of what it provides. I'm gonna start a fund called Pool Party Capital when I exit. <laughs> I've already got the domain. <laughs> division that's division. what's happening you heard it here first five years before it happens so yeah it's interesting isn't it a lot of these wannabe like guru types yeah just, just all shill the fucking if you're not retired by 25 you've failed I just must what the fuck are you doing for the next 70 years cunt isn't it like where do you get your what are you doing on a Monday morning if you've got a billion quid you're still gonna have to work do you know what I mean yeah like the rest of the world's still at work so you're gonna have to do something it's, it's like, a nice idea to be sitting on a beach all day but do that for two weeks and it's very boring. It must be so boring not getting fulfilment from what you do as well and only getting fulfilment from like the outcome of it. Philanthropy, man. That's yeah. where that comes in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, but that's still like a, a business effect. It's still an operation. Yeah. You still have an office for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you? Where do you see things going over the next like three to five years and beyond? Just keep. Is that too far ahead? So I don't really. Well, I I obviously plan far ahead as best I can, but I just kind of do like month on month. How can I just compound the ten percent every month? Just get ten percent better every month, and just keep compounding that. And that's kind of where I see the agency, the brands going. I also want to force focus massively on the education side from next year as well. Get like a couple of groups going. Um, and just keep keep compounding things, man. Why do you want to do the education stuff? Things enjoy. I take the piss out of my mate Tyler, who has an education company, and I like mate, it's just a course. Mm. Well, like, we don't. I mean, it, his is definitely more than just a course, but yeah, like, I hear like forex guys. Like, I've got an education company. It's like now you you sell signals to fifteen year olds. <laughs> yeah, let's be clear. No, that's what you're doing. No, I but don't. I would definitely never like do something that like that. Where does that slide into the... So firstly... I just don't know how you manage to do everything. So I struggle with doing one thing. Because the way the way we have a structure, it's it's we, we do one thing. We increase revenue for e-com brands. So whether uh, that's yeah. our own brands, it's our clients' brands, or it's our students' brands, it's the yeah. same thing. So we just increase revenue for e-com brands. It's just... We just have different divisions, like it's just a good way to look at it. Kept it all. Yeah, so instead of, you don't look at it as different businesses. It's just kind of different just different channels, diff- different divisions under one group. Yeah, different vehicles to achieve in the um, outcome, I guess. So, yeah, with the education company, that that I, I get a lot of fulfillment from that. Like I'm responsible for a good chunk of people quitting a job that they were very unhappy in, like I was a couple of years ago. Mm, Do you know yeah. what I mean? So that's good. Um, that's and then really we done an, I done an event in my house there uh, about five or six weeks ago, and like that was fucking very very enjoyable. Like I still get messages today, being like I learned something on that weekend that I know hit my first ten k month or 
5k a month or whatever, you know. So it's a lot more life changing, more tangibly life changing. Yeah, I've done it on a macro. micro level I should really help. update my course and flog it more, shouldn't I? <laughs> Change so many lives. Well, you, yeah, definitely. I've helped. I've helped. What course is that? I have an econ course. I did like a year and a half ago. I was there to brand. Yeah, yeah, and like so many people said, it was actually really good because it fucking is good. Because I actually know what I'm talking about. But I just I'd never push it. I've never updated it. What what's the course? Like what what is a video course? Video, yeah. So it's, it's called um, Real Commerce like idea to launch. Yeah, it literally covers everything. Because I always course. found it funny that every course or like just general topic in e-com is all about marketing. No one talks about product, logistics, customer service, That's admin, true. like anything else. That's mm-hmm. true, yeah. I've never saw a course like that. So that is, is the there another course out there like that? Don't know. I don't, really, I, don't, I don't even. It was very much just on the side. But most of the most of the e-commerce stores or courses start with how to find a winning product. Yeah. Which by definition, oh, means it's already working. So there's like, dropshipping courses yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So they are, it was, I like guess it's a harder sell because I, I I was talking about how to build a brand, or at least like a branded dropship. You know, just something that was of more value. It wasn't a get rich quick, and I, like the whole the whole thing was this isn't easy. So. It's a harder sell. I mean, I still sold a decent amount of it, but yeah, I just I just don't give a shit because I'm building space goods. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not here to flog my course, but I probably should because actually it would help more people if I fucking updated it. And like people message me daily saying, "Can I pay you for consulting?" I'm like, "Fuck off." Whereas I probably just should say yes and devote like two hours a month to it. Just group, charge like just fifty group. grand an hour. Group effort. Group effort. Yeah, we yeah, exactly. have to do a group. group so many people have messaged me about this. Like I was going to set up a group should do it just like off the back of the pod but I just it's very rewarding like I've helped a few mates quit their job like gone from like one of them yeah because I, I know that yeah, I can I mean, help that's, so that's, many people one of them was working in a mental hospital and now he makes UGC and earns loads of, like earns a significant like five six times his salary yeah. and he absolutely yeah. hated his job and now yeah. he absolutely loves what he does he has yeah. time freedom and yeah. I know what it feels like to fucking wake up on a Monday morning after just and you're just dread. you spent the whole weekend dreading going into your job yeah. like it's just it's just this is a way of me um, diverting into I'm going to monetize the fuck out of the podcast <laughs> on my personal brand which I've never done before so we're going to launch a group an updated course consulting VIP consulting new sponsors if I'm not driving a fucking pink Eurus by March <laughs> just off the pod we're doing something wrong yeah. just putting it out there the course is in the bio by the way yeah I do so I do think education businesses get a bit of a bad rap they I do think, I think, and I think, I'm jumping on that I think like that's because like, there's so many of them you've just got, as long it's been ruined by forex people basically. and dropshipping yeah. I think, man. forex and dropshipping but as yeah. long as you build it from the point of and, you can, and you, I think some of it comes from the fact that you can't guarantee success because you can give you can take the horse to water but you can't make a drink kind of thing yeah. like some people yeah. are just physically cannot are not cut out for it Yeah. and you can give them all the tools but they, yeah. they still won't do it you can yeah. give them all the accountability in the world but they still won't make it work so there's a factor of that, but I think if you prioritise good customer experience, like with anything, like yeah. it's a very tangible and like high value business in a way, probably one of the most. I really should kick it off more because then we can just justify fucking hiring a full time videographer for the, for, for the podcast and shit. Because I view this as a separate entity because it is. Yeah, but yeah, it's called, I think good. I think masterminds in person are cool as well. I bet that was good. Would you not like? Tyler does those. Tyler yeah. Newman, my property mate because he invited me to speak at his recently and I was like what's this but then I went and there was like 20 people that had paid 5 grand to be there for 2 days yes. and they all fucking loved it and he just made like 100 grand 
so engaged. Uh, I was like, wait a minute. But it makes sense, mate, because if you've spent years trying to figure something out and you can just give it to them, that's what five grand. This is what Paul Pie Social Club is going to be. It's this whole like, thing that I was playing around with, and then I got too busy building the brand. It's like expediate their learning process by not making the same mistakes you made, yeah. and you've made bare mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> so particularly like, me. You've Europe's got, most honest man. You've got plenty of things to expediate that process with. I couldn't even hire a personal brand agency because they'd be like, wait a minute. Like, there's too much wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> we can't promote this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Need to think about that. So, 20 years, where do you see yourself? Sweeping. On a beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's a long way away, to be fair. That's a long way. 20 years, man. 46. We're all gonna be we're all gonna be unemployed over AI anyway in the next couple. The next yeah, that couple chat GPT thing. So mad. I literally went on that for the first time today. You can code shop without changes. Mate, so you can like I can't see a copy. I think I was on the wrong thing though because it only kept having errors. Or is that I don't know? Is it like just not perfect? Do you, are you are you working on a copywriter? No. Well, I've got an email guy. So I guess kind of that. Yeah. Well, like I I can't. I was just we were saying that we were having dinner there. I can't. I can just see that that AI has basically already wiped out so much copywriting roles because you just it's literally it pumps it out didn't you say the whole of the Philippines must be trembling because (laughs) customer service genuinely yeah yeah, yeah, customer service I say that tongue in cheek but customer customer service service industry is a great example it's going to be fucked yeah it's just perfect for that because it's repetitive stuff that needs to have an element of nuance which this AI apparently can do yeah it does you can ask it to say you can ask it to write statements I saw someone asking it to write like a poem with a Yorkshire with a Yorkshire twang and it was like it was perfect it was so funny Um, but yeah there was other ones where it was like um, there was a couple of threads on Twitter where it was like people who people who were helping like people who weren't good at English or like but like say there were tradesmen that weren't good at English I'm a bit more wine I guess um, that's already full that's you even finished your first glass I've ripped like a glass and a half um, of this no. Grand Reserve Rioja they were helping like people who weren't great at English start like businesses in sort of fencing and like really basic um, like I guess boring businesses and they were just like oh use this tool to reply to customer service emails and use this tool to like all like customer emails oh I saw that and they were just like perfect there was replies. a guy that couldn't it type like, it was yeah. like he was typing in what he would have typed in English yeah and it was like broken English it was wrote this like beautifully put together paragraph and he just yeah. copy and pasted it and it's like that's only been fed off like, I don't know what it's been fed I had access to tri- Twitter's like database and things so it's, we'll have had loads of information but from it's always like from now to when it's mad sophisticated, it won't take as long as you think it will. Yeah. Like it never does, does it? I can't remember that. Do you think that's net beneficial for society on, on no. like net negative? I think we'll no. have to limit it. Because yeah. I think it's, a, it's, it's gonna net be benef- beneficial to smart people yeah. Yeah, like yeah. us that know how to leverage shit. Yeah, it's going to be beneficial to the 1% or the 5% of the world like that's able to, to leverage it. But like... For jobs and economy, I don't think it's going to be good at all. <laughs> like, I think they're going to have to bring in universal basic income. They'll either do that or yeah. they'll have to just regulate it and be like, we can't, like, we're not going to replace those jobs. That's someone it. asked it that question. Someone was like, where do you think, how do you think AI will impact society? And they, they like gave three different answers. It was like, one, it will either have to regulate it so it can't, like, be like, oh, you can't use AI to do this. Or I just don't see how that is else. the answer. I think universal basic income will be better. 
That's in the Middle East already in a lot of places. It's in, um, I think you make sense. Elon Musk say it was should happen. It's quite a few. There's a there's a really famous uh, liberal politician in America who got quite. I think Andrew Yang maybe. I might have butchered that. He yeah, was a big proponent, but then putting it in place for a country that size is pretty hard. But then there won't be labour and like there won't be the the, the labour to be done to actually keep the city of London. Yeah, I think it's split into like yeah two different avenues. Like some people, it would allow them to pursue what they're physically passionate about. Yeah, another fifty percent of site would just sit and play video games all day every day and do and nothing. And probably sadly a larger proportion than we might expect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. People would just people would fucking lose the rag, man. <laughs> just no purpose. Um, yeah. Don't know. Where is your seven twenty years? Billionaire. <laughs> Billionaire philanthropist. Nah, I'm joking. I'm not not bothered about being a billionaire. Eating mushrooms I think my general plan for the next few years: build that fucking brand, get a fat exit. I would like to keep doing the pod, and like that's why I restarted it because this has become like an outlet that didn't realise I enjoyed until I stopped doing it. Because I convinced myself, oh, okay, I need to focus on just space goods. But actually, I think the pod is net beneficial for that. Mm. and I think having an element of a personal brand is going to almost become a requirement to be to have like a certain amount of leverage in life yeah yeah which you think people like Iman have fucking nailed like that's one example Absolutely. I think even yeah. even the creator creator just on a smaller scale like personal brand now is just a modern CV yeah so basically. powerful yeah I think creator led brands are some of the best brands as well like Emma Chamberlain's coffee company oh god oh yeah, yeah. So it's like obviously Tala, Mr. It's another example. Mr. Beast. Oh, man. So yeah, Mr. Sick. Beast. There's that, there's that agency that specialises in making brands with creators, Beach which House is Group. such, such Beach good Beach House business. Group is one of them. Gen they, did the, they did... Um, they did Shreddy. Oh, Gen... Gen yeah, Flo, don't know, don't Gen Flo did Shreddy and that. Beach House Group's a bigger scale, I think. I was reading about this. They did that moon with Kendall Jenner. Yeah. It's just oh, a yeah. bunch of other ones. It's just so so clever. Just yeah, so yeah. simple, but so clever. Um, there's a couple... I know see a couple people on Twitter that are trying to launch brands like that. Nick they're trying to launch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to launch, um, like the influencer, yeah, startup brand, the, like the Genflow model. But that's that's a tough model as well. It's a massive leverage if you've got someone with a fat, engaged audience already. It's a bit late though, as well. It's like a clone yeah. brand. I mean, like, if you're not, if yeah, I, I think you either need experience or a shitload of cash to make that work. You now. need to have, or what? you just have to pick the right person. Like the person has to be big enough for it to work you need to have all the connections you need to have yeah, yeah, designers yeah. ready you need to have supply chain factories ready like 3PLs ready warehouse you need to have the, the tax the imports exports. you basically need a shitload of money mm. and experience or or because that's the only way system. to get someone like Justin Bieber to even speak to you for example yeah or the network yeah basically all three network experience money um, I was actually looking at Hasbull as merch store yesterday really <laughs> yeah the context is a, a great brand. There's a yeah. Hasbro poster in the background. He's got a good personal brand. Probably not monetizing it as well as he could do. Yeah, but sure, he's, he's probably like movies, he's probably like Hormozzi or someone who doesn't really sell anything because they don't sell anything. <laughs> everyone when buys. they do, everyone buys it. Yeah. Unlike most personal brands who are just shilling from day one. Yeah. Which which I'm not doing. So when I drop something valuable, <laughs> it's going to print. Yeah, of course. We're making a million in a day from the podcast. Yeah. Imagine. But yeah, I suppose. I think it's a big build the brand, sell it. Personal brands are good, like insurance policy as personal well. If brand. everything goes wrong, you can leverage for your personal brand. Yeah. Worst case scenario, that's never going to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What platform do you see the personal brand growing the most? 
Well, thing is, my whole personal brand, inverted commas, is that I don't have a personal brand. It's just me fucking talking about the most transparent shit. Like, talk about my ex-girlfriend, talking about my mental health, talking about my failed business. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. I've literally got no skeletons. Yeah. But I've also done some cool shit, and, like, there's evidence of that as well. So I think the, pro- I think the problem with a lot of personal brands is they're so obviously disingenuous and clearly just... Not authentic, basically. Yeah. LinkedIn. Which works if you want to monetize it in the short term, but yeah, I think like <laughs> personal brand is just you on a fucking scale that people can look at it. So yeah, probably. I mean, Twitter is the one probably grows the most, and I don't, I don't do threads or anything. I just tweet random shit. You just got ten k followers today. Yeah, big scoop. Twitter blue verified. Fucking hell, come on. Eight dollars a month. Yeah, it's such. It's, just, it's gonna be cool now to not be verified. I um, think YouTube will keep going. I, I think, think the YouTube, podcast. Yeah. What just, about uh, basically Rumble? the podcast? Don't, I haven't even looked at it. I haven't either. It's just seen a lot of it, right? Yeah. I think YouTube and the podcast will just, it's exponential growth. There's no one really doing it that much. And it's. I'm also just doing it for me because I, I do the fucking documenting the journey shit. Like, even looking back at that six months ago, it's quite interesting. Hmm. And I, I just. I wish I'd done that, man. You would never is. regret documenting more. Yeah. And yeah. I do regret not documenting more of the past five years. So now the fact I started doing it properly in the past six months I found myself on Casey Neistat's channel yesterday around yeah the classic seven years ago he put his first vlog out like going back seven years and t- he has 635 daily vlogs right that something like that that would be it's your whole you life. get to like 80 and you watch that when you're mid 30s that I would be think mind all the time. and so nice like, there's so many things that you just like I can't remember what I did last Tuesday yeah. like, I couldn't be able to be like I did six things in a day I'll be, I'll maybe yeah, remember yeah, yeah. one I've got like, some vlogs from 2017-18 what 120 actually on my old channel which is linked in this channel and sometimes I just watch them and I'm like fucking hell it's like emotional Yeah, yeah just the yeah. most basic shit because you're like that was five years ago yeah it's like wow. photos is one thing but like videoing yourself and everything you do for a day for like two years is, mo- is absolutely yeah. Nice. yeah so the podcast and yeah the documenting the fucking business thing Hope for, and, and, and it will only become classic like Kanye when the brand's a billion dollars or whatever because yeah. then you'll be like fuck me he's been every week I mean, well yeah more than cancelled <laughs> he's been like he, he's gone <laughs> yeah that was mad do you reckon he's being controlled by some puppet and shit like but you know the last time Kanye like when you look at it the last time when Kanye was on a rampage he became a billionaire just after that yeah but he can't he's no coming back from saying he's no coming there. back from that yeah, oh, that's pretty heavy. You know when Alex Jones is uncomfortable when you're saying something, you've probably overstepped a line. Yeah. <laughs> like, the line's probably about five miles behind you. Yeah, <laughs> but will he just? I don't know. He's just. I just think he'll come back and do so something. Um. Yeah. I normally ask three questions at the end of the pod, and I've forgotten <laughs> what those fucking questions are. Because oh no, sorry, I remember the question. And it's become a tradition now, I guess. If you could ask, sorry, if you could give three bits of advice to your 18-year-old self, knowing what you know now in hindsight, what would they be? Three bits of advice to my 18-year-old self. Number one would be don't put too much pressure on yourself to like fall into some society role that other people are hoping you fall into definitely number one number two would be it will all work out in the future I think 
and number three get good friends man just get get a good network yeah just get good get good friends get a good network don't be you, you you just you just you consciously know the friend group who is good and bad for you like just kind of go with your gut and have your your good friend group like get yourself a good network so those are strong what do you say actually now we're here little semi guest co-host never asked you uh, you got put in the spot no man god probably start earlier start earlier I think that's a good thing um, I think similar I don't, I don't know how to word it other than how you've worded it like it'll all work out in the end like don't overstress short term like don't think you have to do everything a million miles an hour quickly like you've got more time than you think yeah because um, you always think you need to move at a million miles an hour and really if you zoom out on a longer time frame you're pretty you're always making more progress than you think and then third I think is like be present I think that's that's I think that's a big thing I think the more present you can be in life the better it's really hard to do yeah I'm pretty bad at it I'm never present me neither man really bad I'm always thinking about like, some fucking girl from two weeks and ago and it's like when you <laughs> actually like spend that. time I think it becomes <laughs> even more important when you've actually had some success because you always like the carrot always moves but when you and it's like if you're actually present you realise that you've actually got it pretty good <laughs> in most cases yeah. you're actually very lucky yeah. where you are so I think that's a big thing and even when even just like like perspective and presence I think perspective's big as well even if you think like oh I'm not like not where I want to be you're still probably in a better position than a lot of people in society um, yeah those probably three areas for me what are yours I don't even know yours Christ I've answered this before but it's quite a quite difficult question on the spot um, yeah I think I echo what you said I think I, the most important thing in life is who you hang around with and I think it gets more and more important it's literally the most important thing and it's like free I guess and over time you compound that because the people you hang around with to begin with will like frame how you think and then how you think affects what you do and what you do affects the outcomes then more people you meet just affects the whole trajectory of your fucking life Yeah. so yeah. it's like so true so that's probably the first thing um, I think just ignore people that try and give you advice that aren't doing what you want to do that's which a is a typical one, yeah. one but it's just Get so painfully true and that's probably your parents certainly was in my case and like teachers and shit just try and listen to people even if it's on a podcast that are doing shit you want to do because that's the leverage the internet gives us yeah. you don't have to listen to people next to you you can listen to fucking some cunt in Arizona <laughs> that's doing what you want to do um, and I guess third um, just yeah, I just think fucking work hard and don't give up. <laughs> it's just, just the fundamentals, really. Yeah. Because it's hard to be good at anything. Yeah. But if you just... And I think probably a bigger point is just... I think the best thing you can focus on is winning the day. Win the morning. Because you can scare yourself thinking how much you have to fucking do over <laughs> even a year. But if you just win the day, at least try and win the day every day and do it 90% of the time, over a year, you can do a lot of shit. Yeah. Compound. And by win the day, I just mean fucking do the best Powerless. you can that day. Little five Move the needle on that day yeah. and then do the next day. Don't think about two years' time. 
yeah, I agree. Win the morning, win the day. Another one none of us mentioned is fitness and health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Getting your diet in check and training is just like a different world mentally when you get that nail down. Yeah. I don't understand people that don't train at all. We kind of spoke about this on the previous episode. I went through a semi-fleshy phase, but I was still training. I just wasn't doing cardio. I'm in that phase at the moment. Too. I think everyone should try and do a sub three marathon. It's quick though. <laughs> just, to re- quick. just to realise what your body's actually capable of. Mm. And your mind, more, more importantly. Yeah. Or some yeah. sort of big physical challenge. Yeah, just some, yeah, some sort of intense physical challenge, whether it's like a 2K row or whatever, but... So I think 2K works harder than a sub three marathon. <laughs> Honestly, do. At speed. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Any final comments? Um, no, I don't think so. Ali? No, it's been an interesting three-way dynamic. Yeah, Sponsors first time soon. trying this. Um, on that bombshell, thanks for listening. Um, as always, subscribe to the pod. There is actually consistent episodes coming in this ep- like series 2.1 whatever we're calling it series 3 that's episode 51 we'll catch you next episode cheers for watching peace